0: I told you last week we're going to start into a whole new series. Uh, For the next five, six weeks, we're going to be talking about, well, the word assurance. Uh, It's not insurance, it's assurance. And we're going to be looking at different things and different lives within Scripture and see where God has given his assurance today. We're going to talk a little bit about Moses and God giving his assurance to Moses and to the people of God in Moses' day. But over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about this idea of assurance and can we really have it? Is it really there? What difference does it make if God is with us or not? Terror raced through the camp that day. 3,000 brothers were struck down as retribution for the things that they had done while Moses was away. And all they really wanted was something tangible, something they could see, something they could touch. After all, For the last 16 generations, their forefathers saw and touched and bowed down to the idols of Egypt. Moses, their connection to their ancient ancestors, God, had been away for so long. What harm would it be to make something that could give them a connection? It's it's just a, a golden calf, a symbol of strength and virility. All they really wanted was 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 a sense of connection. And when Moses returned, he was upset, no? He was angry, no. He was incensed, no. He was livid. I'm not sure I can describe to you how he felt in the depth of his fury. When he came down off that mountain, he destroyed that golden calf, burning it and then grinding it up and throwing the ashes and the flakes of metal into the river. And then the priests, the Levites, went through the camp and executed those who had presented burnt offerings and festival offerings before the golden calf. You shall have no other gods before me. Moses bellowed the commandment from the top of his lungs. And you shall not make for yourself any graven image, any idol in the form of anything in heaven or on earth or of the sea below. Moses was angry because God was angry. Angry enough to, to leave us there in the desert alone beside at the foot of Mount Sinai. When Moses heard the Lord say that we could keep on going toward that land that was flowing with milk and honey, but he wouldn't go with us, Moses went outside the camp to talk to the Almighty. In Exodus 33, we read this. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord could go to the tent of meeting outside of camp. And whenever Moses went to the tent, all of the people rose and stood. At the entrances of their tent. Watching Moses until he entered the tent. The pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance of their own tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with a friend. Then Moses would return to camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So... Frightened and awed were God's people that they would wait in a state of worshipful anticipation any time they saw Moses going to speak with the Almighty. And this day would be no exception. Here's how the conversation went. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know who will you send with me. You have said, I know you and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember, this is Your nation, your people, the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. How will anyone know if you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? Who else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Now, have you noticed that Moses is questioning God? Do you really understand why? Because you see, In English, when we say you, that could be first, second, or third person. It could be singular or plural, yes? The Lord said, I will go with you, and it's a singular. In other words, he said, I will go with you, Moses. And Moses countered by saying, if you won't go with us, don't send us anywhere. Do you see what's happening? You see, Moses is standing in the gap between the Lord and the people. See, Moses was not satisfied to have a personal relationship with God that did not include a personal relationship with the people of God around him, no matter how vile or evil or self-centered or short-sighted they may be. This is really a good principle for us. Our relationship with God needs to be deep enough to include those that are around us. I see in America, this land of independence, home of the braves, because I grew up in Atlanta, I say that. You'll get it, just wait. We think we can stand on our own two feet, do our own thing, and we can be independent. Do you see what Moses is saying? We are not independent, we are dependent on God, on the Lord and I'm not content to have just a personal relationship with God, I want to make sure everybody has a relationship with God. Almost goes against our sensibilities. And yet Moses refused to walk with God without bringing others with him. When we have that kind of relationship, God is pleased. Verse 17. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked. What did he ask? Go with us. Because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. He's not going because he's not upset. He's going because he has somebody here on earth that is willing to lead people to him do you get it okay it's a wonderful thing to be known by your name isn't it let me see i'm not going to give you an amen but you can raise your hand if you want to anybody here have a trouble remembering people's names every now and again can i get a witness yeah we we got one or two right Have you ever met somebody for the first time and you stick your hand out and you shake their hand, you're looking them in the face and you instantly forget the name you just heard? I don't know if that's a sign of maturity, but it seems to happen to me more often than it used to. And you get this mental blank. And then when you see them again, Do you know what it feels like when that mental blank shows back up again? Do you squirm inside? How about this? Have you ever had a friend that you have known for a long time, for years, and your paths haven't crossed in a while, and then when you reconnected and you're, you're meeting them again at an unexpected place, you can't remember their name? Has that ever happened to you or is it just me? Oh, please, don't leave me hanging. <laughs> okay. How embarrassing is it when you know you should know their name and you can remember, let's see, wife, Alice, kids, Peter, Paul, and Mary, but their name is... And it's right there in front of you on the tip of your tongue. You know the real question that matters the most is does God know does God know my name? Do I have a kind of relationship with him that that he knows me closely enough we're on a first name basis? You do know his name, right? L O R D Lord Creator Sustainer the one who causes to be. The one who is like the mountain. The one who is the one in control of the heavenly armies. The Lord of hosts. Is he pleased with me? How close is our relationship? Have I stepped away for so long that he might? Forget my name? Then Moses says, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord. And that is the one who causes to be the four Letters, the most sacred name for God that we know. I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face. For no one can see me and live. Have you ever wondered what that means there? I'll have mercy on, who I'll have mercy on and compassion on. You ever thought about that? What What's he saying? Does he saying he has a God-given right? Wait, hold it. God-given right? He has a God-given right to choose? But what's he saying there? How is this important in talking with with Moses? Do you notice Moses just went, hey, show me your glory. I think it's kind of like this. Moses, I will do what you ask, but you need to remember that though I may grant your request to go with you or show you something about myself does not mean you control me in any way in other words Moses I'm the one who gives the commands here have you ever tried to demand that God do something you know it really doesn't work that way when he is Lord and we are Servants. And the Lord decides to show Moses himself anyway. Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you can stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you into the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed. By Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face you must not be seen. And this happened. When Moses went back up Mount Sinai to meet with God to replace the two tablets of covenant, Uh, that Moses brought down and when he saw what the people were doing he threw them down and broke them he went back to get another set there in Exodus 34, 5 and 7 we see the result of Moses seeing God's back do you remember what it was? his face glowed with the radiance of God's glory for day ask you a question how is it that you see somebody's back right now I'm facing you you're facing me which means I am you are before each other right I'm before you because you can see me I am you are before me right How do you get to see somebody's back? You have to be behind them. Yes? You have to be behind them. See, here's a very big principle that some of us take this for granted, but it it bears us really thinking about it a minute. We cannot see where God is. We can only see where he has been. Because you see, if you are behind somebody, and they happen to be moving away, you have an opportunity to what? To follow. But you see where they have been. And only then are we going to be following him. Moses had the kind of relationship that he could see where God had been because he followed God. What about your life? Can you see where God has been in your life? Can you think of where he might have shown up when you had an an accident? Can you you think of where he might have shown up when you were caught in addiction? Can you think of when he might have shown up when you married your loving spouse, when you had your first kid, your second kid? For some of y'all, when you had grandkids? Can you see where God showed up and helped you with your job or assured you of, of his presence? I want you to do something for me. I want you to take out that connection card. And there's this little place where you can write comments on the bottom. Just over here to the right side. Would you, would, would you encourage me If you can write a word or a name or an event, just a phrase, you don't have to write a whole story. But that thing that you're remembering where God showed up, and I know for some of you, you can remember multiple things. Just pick one and write it on that card over to the right side. In fact, I'm going to do that too. Now, let me ask you something. When you remember that time, do you see his face or do you see his footprints? Perhaps you're not walking with him yet. If you want to find out some more information about becoming a follower or baptism... That's up there on the upper right hand side. You want to mark that? Like I said, I'll I'll see these cards. It'll come to me, and 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 I'll either get a hold of you or somebody else will get a hold of you, and we'd we'd like to have that conversation if you'd like to know more. Is your relationship with God deep enough, compassionate enough to include the people? around you, no matter how vile or evil or self-centered or short-sighted they may be. Moses humbled himself to have compassion for the people of God around him, like Jesus humbled himself to have compassion For the people around him, compassion that led him to a Roman cross and a borrowed tomb. Paul writes so eloquently, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died. Us. You see, God through Christ has given us the promise that He will walk with us now. Today, we can follow, we can look for His footprints, and He will lead us if we are willing to follow. And that's a promise he sealed in blood the last thing on your your sheet there for you to fill in when we follow like Moses we will see the lord's footprints all around us father god We thank you that in those days when Moses was bringing your people out of 400 years of slavery, 400 years of being influenced by idol worship and idolatry, that you were willing to stick with Moses and willing to stick with your people as they learn to understand who you are and your compassion. And we thank you, Father, that that is recorded in your word and your spirit continues to call us to you through the word and through the lives of others that we know that are following you around us. May we, Father, have a faith large enough To not be content to just be a personal relationship, but strong enough to have compassion for others to join in that relationship as well. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.